This is Bill Messerly with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, bringing you a weekly faith dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus, for the week of October 18, 2020. Bishop Brennan desires to share with us the joy of the gospel and the splendor of truth and to encourage us to live and to share the gospel in our lives. Welcome, Your Excellency. Thank you, Bill. It's good to talk with you. Well, we just uh, passed through a World Mission Sunday, and of course, we passed through that as one Sunday of the year, but the missions are always active and reaching out. Indeed, they are. But it is nice to be able to celebrate the missions on, on a given day throughout the world. And this year it was very special for us because we celebrated the 100th anniversary of the, our mission office here in the Diocese of Columbus. Mm. There's over a thousand missions across Asia, Africa, Pacific Islands, Latin America, and Europe. Um, and we have uh, a number of those missionaries coming from central Ohio. Can you give us a little summary of what you spoke about Saturday evening at St. Joseph Cathedral as you kicked off the World Mission Sunday? Well, I focused in on the gospel image of um, the the coin, the Caesar's coin. Remember that? How... Um, the, G- Jesus was asked about paying the tax, and he said, well, you know, give Caesar the coin because it has his image on it. And I said, but what bears the image and likeness of God? Well, you and I do. We're created, as the Je- book of Genesis says, we're created in the image and likeness of God. And so what does God ask of us? But everything, all of us. And, and that's true because God wants to, God wants to be part of all of our lives, it's not that God wants to pull puppet strings. God wants to be part of our lives. And um, and there's a joy in that, and that's the joy of the gospel. Quite honestly, the splendor of truth and the joy of the gospel, that's at the heart of missionary activity, isn't it? We have something mm-hmm. incredible to share, and that is that gift of the encounter with Jesus Christ, the love of God, the Father, and and the power of the Holy Spirit. We have something really important to share, and we do that very happily. Um, and so, uh, so that sharing of this, this really good news of God wanting to live life with us is something we share through the world. But part of that is our care for one another. And so a lot of the work of the missions is also dealing to help build up people's um, or meet people's material needs and building up society. You, uh, I'm going to quote you as uh, you were interviewed by... Uh, Father Adam Streitenberger, during one of your conversations on discipleship, Jesus does not negotiate. He doesn't make it easy on us. <laughs> no, he's asking, he's asking all of us for you know, the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and love your neighbor as yourself. He's asking for everything, not just the leftovers, or not just a passing thought or an hour on Sunday. He's asking for our whole heart and soul. And so we live the missions that way. You know, the other thing I noted about the missions is here um, is, is that, you know, you talk about how many missions there are, mission territories throughout the, the world. We, this was mission, mission territory. As a matter of fact, I said at the time the, the office was formed here, um, we were still, I think, in... in um, considered mission territory, the U.S. It was pretty. It was well into the 20th century when the U.S. came off the list of missionary territory. Mm. And, um, you know, today we celebrate the 
uh, North American martyrs, and they were so bold and not afraid to reach a territory that was unknown and unstable and unsafe, and yet they still proclaimed the gospel. Not only that, but they went, um, you know, they, they, they had the chance to escape, and they went back. I know. And Isn't that amazing? <laughs> brutally tortured, and they kept at it. So, yeah, exactly. It is amazing. So and yeah, their their bravery, their evangelization of the Americas is um, important for us. And so, uh, um, you know, coming from New York, that's one of the glories of New York. We have the shrine of the North American martyrs in Orisville, near Albany. Um, you know, so that southern tip, you might say, the southern southeast tip of Canada and the northeast of the United States. Owes a lot to those North American martyrs. Well, we're just a couple of weeks away from the election, and with the election, as uh, good Catholics, uh, we need to form our consciences so that we can vote appropriately. And this is also Respect Life Month. Could you That's give us right. some guidance on on and what the together. bishops are talking about as it relates to respecting life in in this well, uh, now, election? Well, now for a number of election cycles, the uh, U.S. bishops have used a tool, a document that was published called Forming Consciences for Faithful Citizenship, kind of taking us through the the broad spectrum of the issues that are important as you as they relate to the gospel, and so um, so so we we have that document, um, Forming Consciences, and. Basically, the last edition of it was 2015, before the 2016 election. And what the bishops did last November is, instead of issuing a new letter, they we, we did a um, we we did an introductory letter that would be appended to the beginning of the document, so that we might incorporate the teachings of Pope Francis, and so. You know, so so many of the things that Pope Francis has taught us in these last few years, um, we've we we brought that into the teaching of, of to help form consciences for faithful citizenship. But in and and so as you said, we come up on Respect Life Sunday. We did focus in on many of the human rights. Um, you know, it, we we teach the foundation that that well, basically what we say is that. We witness to the truth of the dignity of every human person created in the image and likeness of God. There you have it again, the image and likeness of God, from conception to natural death and at every moment in between. And so what we do is we reject abortion, euthanasia, racism. Um, we're trying to break the cycle of poverty, promote care for the environment, the sanctity of, of marriage and the family, religious liberty, efforts to end the use of the death penalty, genuine comprehensive immigration reform and respect for every person. All of those are in this this document and in the introductory letter. But we make the point that of all of these human rights that flow from our God-given dignity, the right to life itself is the foundational right. I mean, if you, um, if you don't have life, then all the other images collapse. If you and so in the case of abortion and euthanasia, without those, without the right to life, everything else collapses. So the bishops issued this letter. They spoke about the preeminence of um, of the life issue, 
Um, Pope Francis, um, during the ad limina visits, different bishops raised it, and Archbishop Nauman, when he um, celebrated the Mass for the March for Life, he related Pope Francis's conversation, um, really underlying, again, that preeminence of, of life. And so, um, so we, you know, the, the key thing for us, though, as Catholics, Bill, is that we as Catholics inform both parties of the Catholic values. You know, too, too often what we, we're tempted to do or what we're pressured to do is to take the party agenda and make the church adapt to the party agenda, whereas it's the other way around, right? Mm-hmm. It's the other way around. Um, Catholics are called, this goes back to the Second Vatican Council, to scrutinize the signs of the time and interpret them in the, the light of the gospel. Um, we're supposed to bring influence into the world on our Catholic values. So, yeah, voting is going to be a very important civic responsibility that we take up very, very shortly. But it doesn't end on the at the on election day. We we have to continue to um, to uh, to engage our political leaders and tr- try to promote the gospel values to promote the dignity of every human person um, from conception to natural death. So, so that's one piece is the, that, that we, we do some very careful discernment. And the documents we have, we'll have it on our website. I, it, there's a note about it in the Catholic Times this week. Um, you really want to take a look at faith, forming consciences for faithful citizenship, particularly the introductory letter, because that's what brings it up to date. Um, you want to take a look, the Ohio bishops have released a voting guide of sorts, and that's been around. It's, it'll be on the website, but it'll also be, um, it was also published in a number of bulletins. Um, but then the, the next thing is we want to pray, right? Mm-hmm. Prayer becomes so important. We pray for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We pray for our nation and state and, and all the different communities in which we live so that we might choose leaders and representatives who hears God's word and live his love, right? We, want to, we pray for fair, honest, and safe elections and that all people of goodwill will come together behind those elected. So we, we have a lot on our prayer list. As a matter of fact, and I'll make sure this is on our website, um, the USCCB has a novena of prayer beginning, I guess, next week, probably, on the 26th, probably, I think it is. And so you can sign up to receive the prayers of that novena each day. Um, so we'll make, we're going to make these days, as we get closer to the election, a time of real prayer and of real discernment to, uh, to bring the values of the gospel into the public square. You mentioned... Uh the responsibility that we have to form our consciences. Why do you as the bishop and why do the other bishops stop short of endorsing candidates? Well, there are a couple of reasons for that. I think for us as cre- to be credible, okay, to be perfectly credible, we, the church has always dealt with the, um, with the principles, not with partisan politics. Hmm. So, um, you know, when, when you become engaged in partisan politics, you become co-opted by somebody else's agenda. That's not what we're about. We're about promoting the truth, 
the truth of the gospel, the truth of the human person made from the very, very moment of conception in the image and likeness of God. And that being the case all the way through until natural death. And so, um, so we, the, the, the moral voice is stronger when it, it's focused on principles. Secondly, to be, let's be honest, you know, political parties have their own agenda and, and, and not, not everything lines up with the gospel values. And so that's why it's important for us, rather than to endorse a, a, a candidate, to work within our own party system to bring it closer in line um, with the truth that the gospel teaches. Um, and then I'll, I'll just say this very bluntly. Um, I, there's a tactical point to it as well. I once said to um, somebody in, 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 when I was on, in New York – um, who was looking for a, a local politician looking for sort of an endorsement. I said, the best thing I can do for your opponent is to endorse you. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bit of a backlash about that. <laughs> there is. Um, there, you know, there really is. But let, let's be honest. And, and you're, you're listening to Catholic radio. You know the Catholic values. Mm-hmm. Right, we all we, we we know the Catholic the the gospel values. We know what the church teaches. Um, it's really for us now to put that into practice. It's it, we um, ra- we we're not going to be formed by the parties, but rather what we're going to try to do is um, influence the public discussion, the individual parties with Catholic witness. And Bishop Brennan, before we wrap up today, we had some sad news last week. Uh, Monsignor Noon had passed away. Yes, he was until the day he died. Uh, he was uh, our oldest priest, and um, he died just shy of uh, 97, I think, and, um, and, and, and had been a priest for about 67 years. I'd have to double check the numbers, but he had a lot of history and a lot of generous service. Um, and uh, Bishop Campbell was telling me um, that he's been to, uh, that he he he's been to so many priest funerals. He would if he had to get there crawling, he would make it for priest funerals. He was at every ordination up until this past one because of the COVID restrictions. He um, since 1951. Since 1951, he's been at every ordination. It's kind of sad that he died during this COVID time because we will have the funeral in St. Mark's in Lancaster, and that's because that's where he last served in his retirement years. Um, but uh, but you know he uh, it, it will be united in some way, shape, or form. It'll it's a smaller gathering space, and we won't have as many people as we would like to have, and who would love to come, I'm sure. But we're all going to be praying for him, and we're all just so inspired, inspired by his priestly holiness. What a good and generous priest. Mm. Now, the St. Mark uh, website will also be streaming that service, so if you're not able to attend, and I know that the uh, the, the parish is not a large parish, but uh, if you can't attend, you can certainly watch it online, and that's Wednesday. Is that at 1030, Bishop Brennan? It is at 1030. Okay. Good. And yes. Bishop Brennan, could you close us with a prayer and a blessing? Sure. Let's invoke the, uh, the guidance of the Holy Spirit in all things. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. Enkindle in them the fire of your love. 
Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a weekly faith dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan for the week of October 18th, 2020. Coming up next, Living the Catholic Life with Bishop Campbell.